Hi, I'm Robin Lights, and I'm a big Synthwave fan, and you're listening to Heartbeat Hero Radio. Welcome to Heartbeat Hero Radio Live Show, right now on this very channel. to Robin Lights for that shout out and to Renee Iova for that awesome intro. Renee creates music in Renoise and you can find his track on SoundCloud under RI-Music. Hey everybody, it's Friday night, the 18th of October, 8.30 p.m. and you're listening to Heartbeat Hero Radio. My name is Daniel Barton, also known as Heartbeat Hero. Let's get this show started. Tonight I have a new co-host and a special guest from Germany. I introduce to you a synthwave artist, and my co-host for tonight, Stwarfs. Hey! Hey, Daniel, and uh, good evening to all the people in the chat. And from Glasgow, in the United Kingdom, I introduce to you Sean Hart, known as Memorex Memories. God damn, that was an intro right there. <laughs> you, you know how to compliment a lady? <laughs> all right, let's first, let's jump into the music here. Here is Retrobot by Extra Terra.
That was Boris H., better known as Extra Terra. He's currently one of the most promising French producers of bass music and electronic music at the moment. Just one minute, I'm going to put some music on the background. There we go. Yes, about that. And uh, in only a few years, he's been able to bring a truly unique des sound design and his melodies to the forefront of the scene with uh, successful collaborations with Riot 10, Eliminate, and many more. Extra Terra's music can be heard at clubs and festivals around the world from the likes of Infected, Mushroom, Cell Dweller, Scandroid, and many more. And that was the first single of the upcoming album named Convergence 2045, and it was inspired by Cyberpunk 2077. I'm gonna call out some names I saw on Instagram and Twitch. I wrote down the names on Twitch. It's Death Heaven, Memorex Memories, Cato Lives, Esdorfs, Deophobic, Kalumac, and Heaven's Resent, Revenge. And on Instagram, we got Turdtama, and we got Retro18, and we have Carmen, and Art Things joined. Awesome, guys. Thanks for coming. And Mr. The Kid Music, that was all of them. All right, so last week I had Flo and Jeff as co-hosts. Unfortunately, uh, they can't be with us tonight, so, but they will be back in the future. And here is a flashback from our previous show of Flow and Synth and Jeff from Jefferson Rift. Where did I put that? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Synthwave is something something that I realized maybe about a year and a half ago that is I, I love. I sort of discovered that I really like the uh, retro aesthetic as far back as like Vice City. I really like the 80s sounds, the sounds of like the sound of an 80s shopping mall is just like the best. I, I can't. It's hard to describe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, the same. I'm a kid from the 80s and I was always uh, in love with the synthesizer sounds. Yeah, how more modern the music became. Yeah, more more advanced stuff. How more I was drawn to the retro sound and just the more purity of it. Just yeah, love to uh, mess around with synthesizers and retro beats instead of uh, all those modern pumping in your face beats. Yeah, I really love the sound of synthesizers. I wish I could have synthesizers. I'm <laughs> they're <Yeah>. rather expensive. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. For me, if I if I had the chance, I would build my whole room with synthesizers. Flo, could you tell what the people are saying in the chat? Yeah, I'm here. Who are the people? What are the people saying in the chat? Who would they pick to be their Batman and their Joker? Uh, let me take a look at the chat. Um, Daniel Gregg? I don't know who that is from the top of my head. It's it's the guy from 007. He's <laughs> I see a Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> so Jeff, did you come to a conclusion who you would pick? It, I couldn't I couldn't think of anyone for Batman. Um, I know that uh, Robert Pattinson's supposed to be the next Batman, mm -hmm. but I my pitch for Robert Pattinson is for him to be Batman Beyond, and then also for Joker. I just want I just want to see the debut of Mark Hamill as the live action oh. Joker. Awesome. Hands down. Awesome. Yeah, cool. And Flo, did you uh, think of uh, any Batman and Joker? Yeah, not for a serious uh, <laughs> idea. Put me a Bruce Campbell for a Batman. <laughs> oh, wow. I would have definitely watched that. <laughs> like with the one-liners and stuff, you know. And uh, yeah, a Joker, Javier Bardem. So hopefully, hopefully Flo and Jeff will be back on the next show. And now for our next new co-host from Germany, S-Dwarfs. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I enjoyed the show and I'm excited uh, yeah, to be here with all you and looking forward to some nice evening with synthwave music and some chatting. So, yeah. So could you explain to the people how you came up with the name S-Dwarfs and tell us a bit about your music and then introduce your track? 
Okay, <laughs> I usually keep uh, the whole story about the name uh, kind of a mystery, uh, but uh, maybe I can tell a little bit about that. Uh, it's actually made of two parts. Uh, uh, the, the, the S at the beginning is actually uh, one word, which is abbreviated, and the uh, second word is dwarfs, hence uh, the second letter uh, is written in capital letters, usually, uh, and yeah, that uh, second part means dwarfs, like uh, yeah, that little people with uh, axe and hammers and whatever you see in the games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, maybe uh, the people in the chat might try to guess the full name. So I'm always to see, uh, uh, excited to see speculations on what that S in S dwarfs means. But of course, uh, the people who know the uh, the answer, because some of my friends are there, they don't uh, should should not uh, give the answer to oh, the well, others. Of course. That they came. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, but in the meantime, let's enjoy the next track. Uh, it's called Within Reach, and I composed it for my album Sinfordrava, which is uh, all about driving around in the future futuristic world. So please fasten your seatbelts, because it's gonna be a rough ride onto the mountains, but it's worth it. Feel the freedom while the wind blows all your thoughts away. Enjoy the ride. But keep an eye on the fuel gorge, as it is barely within reach. Ah, so much hate. As dwarves with, within reach.
that was within reach by S Dwarfs. And now to our special guest, let me just jump a little bit. Sean Hart, known by his stage name Memorex Memories, is a Scottish electronic musician. Such singles as Curious Alice and Thanks for Listening, the Glasgow-based artist becomes a prominent name within the emerging synthwave scene. Sean, how are you doing? God damn, I don't, I don't know how to respond after that intro. <laughs> I'm getting hot under the collar over here. <laughs> could, you, could you tell the listeners how you came up with the name Memorex Memories? Oh, Christ, I can certainly try. Um, it, it was kind of a throwback to um, when I was younger. Um, back when I was a kid, I used to stay like in the front room and I, I had this tiny little hi-fi stereo. Um, which I absolutely loved. Uh, over the years, I kind of developed a, a little collection of tapes. Um, and I remember the first time my dad showed me how to record music off of the radio. I honestly thought this was magic. I was like, what, what is this? This is science fiction. Um, so I actually used to start taping songs off the radio onto these tapes. And I used it as a soundtrack for when I was playing games. Because I was a kid, I was shit scared of Resident Evil 2. I loved the game, but I just couldn't play it without like <laughs> having night terrors. Um, so I used to just add um, like my own sounds to it. And I remember it got to a point where my mom and dad, they started to move on to more like compact discs, CDs, and they were phasing out all the tape collection. So I got all of the tapes. But I remember um, uh, one day he gave me um it was a what was it i think it, it was an old trans track called beach ball <laughs> that i absolutely loved back in the day and awesome. um, it, it gave me it on a single on cd and i remember when i put it in i was like i think i think there's something wrong with this it, it sounds different and then i got explained like, well it was explained to me cd's a lot better like you get higher <laughs> quality there was no hiss no crackle no wobble and i was just like where's all the characters so ah. um uh Fast forward a, a bunch of years later, I was making music under the name of Mr. Sunshine, and um, I started really getting heavily into recording onto tape, and that 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 was it. I remember I was I was making a tape and I was just drawing on the front of it and I just wrote memories. And I was like, it happened to be a Memorex tape. And I was like, oh shit, Memorex memories. That's that's pretty that's pretty fucking sick. <laughs> I'll go for that one. But yeah, it's, it's a whole combination of things. It's like a whole bunch of my childhood is all caught up in that name and the whole shebang of <laughs> And And the, the, the track of yours I would like to play is called Phantasmagoria Run the Grid. Could you tell us yep. a bit about this track and how it came to be? Yeah, man. Um, I actually just finished working on the, the album Pictures of Purple Skies. And if I'm being honest, I was expecting a, a, a complete... Um, like drought and my creative drive I was expecting to try and make something and nothing would come out um, but I just happened to go up to my, my uncle's house and in the back of my uncle's house he has this spare room and in this spare room you would not believe this is like the land that time forgot there is just the most unbelievable things just stacked everywhere it's basically been used as a giant storage locker and I was looking through all the boxes and in this box in the back, I just happened to pull out a Yamaha CSO1 synthesizer. And I was just like, where did you get this? <laughs> like, where did you find this? Like, why is it just in a box in the back of the room? But I got home, I set it up, 
and the, the 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 first thing that came out was just that. See the bass line throughout the end of the do 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 do, and I was like, I love this sound. Added more effects to it, done my thing, and then before I knew it, this track just just presented itself. But it just so happened to be at the same time I just rewatched Tron, and I fucking love Tron. <laughs> so like, um, with those visuals and the synthesizer, I was like, yeah, let's see where this goes. Uh, I just wanted to basically make a new soundtrack for Tron, and here we are. <laughs> Very awesome. Well, here is Phantasmagoria Run the Grid by Memorix Memories. Memorex Memories fan with Phantasmagoria Run the Grid. I have a question for both Sean and Esdwars. 
Let me just put some music on first. There we go. All right. I got a question for both of you. And also for Twitch and the Instagram chat. We'll start with Esther's. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Instant Wave. We love looking back at the past. Movies, music, and video games from the 80s. Back in the 80s, I would go to the arcade with my dad and play Miss Pac-Man. Esdors, what was the earliest mem memory you had of playing video games? Mm, video games, actually. Mm. Well, I, I grew up in the former GDR, where until the October 1989, only few people had access to modern computers. And a friend of mine actually had an Atari, and I believe uh, we played games like uh, Space Invaders and Pong. And at uh, 1989, uh, yeah, the GDR was reunited with the western part of Germany. And uh, some years later, my family actually had a PC at home. And at that time, I played uh, yeah jump around games like Commander Keen or Jill of the in the Jungle uh, and the uh, adventure games like uh, yeah that ones from Westwood and Lucas Arts, Monkey Island, Yana Jones and so on. Uh, but I Watching. actually c don't count that at video games, but PC games. Uh, but uh, some years later, uh, my brother bought some Sony PlayStation, uh, which I call call uh, video game too, and that uh, we used to play Street Fighter a lot. Street Fighter. So, yeah. So far, but me. Uh, how about you, Sean? What was your earliest memory of playing video games? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should ask because my cousin is actually in the chat right now and I think my earliest memory is him kicking the absolute shit out of me at Mortal Kombat. <laughs> he knew all of the stage fatalities and all of the fatalities and all the, the button combinations and I knew absolutely nothing and he tortured me for ages, turned me into a stronger player. <laughs> I was baptised in fire. <laughs> but uh, yeah man, I... I uh, I've just kind of always been around video games like my cousins they used to live with me and uh, I know my cousin Callum he had like a whole bunch of consoles um, introduced me to the PlayStation and that's my, my, my life pretty much written up to this point um, as I said earlier I played a lot of Resident Evil I absolutely loved Resident Evil um, played a lot of Gran Turismo and I'm a little ashamed to admit but I have played almost every single WWF slash WWE game to date. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a huge a wrestling fan. a lot of re wrestling fans out there. <laughs> and I'm glad you played Gran Turismo because I'm a big Forza fan. I mean, and Gran Turismo, yeah, Turismo as well. But um, So let's check the Instagram chat for answers about the video game uh, memories. I see a Death Heaven. My parents gave me an Atari instead of raising me as a sh social human being. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Not so nice, but <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, right. and and I'll Sorry. guess I guess uh, oh HS 1986. I think I started playing video games at my friend or my parents on a PC, and I started with Lemmings. Oh yeah, Lemmings. that's good boy. Classic, yeah, I loved that game. Lemmings is a classic. Um, yeah, I man. think I was. Let me see. Er, on to the next track. All right, a predator is looking for his prey. A predator is looking for his prey. It's the call of the wild. The cyber creature is on the hunt, tracking synthwave traces. Beware of ripping beasts from the beast of the synthetiger. This is Call of the Wild by Synthetiger. God, God damn. I'm scared after that title, man. Woo! <laughs>
That was Synthetiger Call of the Wild. I'm going to call it the names of Twitch in I see Max Dammit and HS1986. And I see that Heaven's Revenge commented about the games. We had an Atari 2600 very early, I remember. The many battles against my brother on several games there. As far as the PC, Tetris, a DOS version, Coded and Turbo Pascal, Pac-Man, and Lemmings 1 were my first games, I think, along with Nibbles and Gorilla, which were included in DOS. MS-DOS, that is. And Kato Liv said the first game for me was Alex Kidd on Master System. I rem remember it was built into the console. So, S-Dwarfs, you picked a track, The Face on Mars by Polytron. Could you tell us why you picked this track to play and then introduce it to the listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I actually stumbled over that track on SoundCloud and when I heard it, I immediately had that sort man, it's just that sounded the music had in the 80s. I mean, that real sound, not... Uh, I don't want to argue about the synthwave not being real, 80s sound, but that really felt like, oh, could that actually be a real track from the 80s? But it wasn't, it was made anew in the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I also have seen that uh, picture, which is also the, the cover of that uh, track, uh, Face on the Mars. Uh, and yeah, and since I also felt quite positive about the, about the uh, yeah, beat and rhythm and stuff, I suggested to Daniel play that uh, the show. So, maybe maybe also some words about the artist Polytron. Um, he started his career in uh, 1996, first in Ravepore. His uh, Polytron project is around uh, five years old. Meanwhile, he has created an event in Hungary uh, called Synthesium Events. It's for amateur and for professional music musicians as well. And uh, it was a live audiovisual program. And now let's have a listen to Face on Mars by Polytron. That, that last track got me so hyped up, man. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Polytron with the face on Mars. <laughs> yes. Instagram, I got Outrun Antwerp, Sam and Lisa. Uh, in the 80s, I grew up in the USA. Where that music? Where that music? There you go. In the 80s, I grew up in the USA. And in the region where I lived, they played mostly country music. But when I had my first birthday party at the roller skating rink, it w- I was introduced to pop music like Whitney Houston and the Bangles. In the 90s, nice. I listened to, listened to Nirvana, Public Enemy, and Daft Punk. I think a lot Public of those... Public Enemy, baby. Yeah, baby. Public Enemy. <laughs> Hollywood, man. Uh, I, 911. Uh, I think a lot of those elements uh, still influence my work today. So let's start with Sean, and then S. Dwarf can try- chime in. What music has influenced your music? Yeah, man, that's cool. And um, quick segue, I don't want to, <laughs> don't want to uh, venture too far from all this good, point. All good. All good. But has anyone ever told you that you look very much like David Byrne from the Talking Heads? I, I wouldn't know who he is. Oh man, you got to look. Oh, you don't know <laughs> the Talking Heads? Oh he shit! Yeah, that, that's a compliment. No, that's a no. compliment, <laughs> man. Like, like honestly, I'll take that it. is. I'll take it's it. quite remarkable, man. Like, that's <laughs> so. Um, anyway, back to the point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, like, uh, I was actually just talking to dwarves there about that. I have, like, a laundry list of influences that I could go over, but I would bore everyone to death in this podcast, so I'm not going to do that. Um, if I was to whittle it down to two, the number one top spot, love the guys. I wouldn't be here today had I not heard the music. It's got to be Boards of Canada. Don't know if you guys have heard of them. Boards oh. of Canada, they are they're a, um, a Scottish electronic duo from Edinburgh. Um, uh, famously signed to Warp Records, I worship their entire back catalogue. I'll I check have, it out after the show. Awesome. Yeah, man. If you're if you're looking to chill out and get that shit on, um, I, I, I actually have quite a few like samples and lines from them tattooed on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are my lifeblood. So another segue. But, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, segue, go for it, man. I was telling my daughter and son about you, and I said I'm interviewing a guy with tattoos in his neck. You have a big, <laughs> um, you have a big flower in your neck, right? Yeah, man. What, yeah. What's the story behind that? And then you can go back to the influences of the, of the music. Oh yeah, cool, man. Um, no, no, wait, the... so sorry. Just one more thing. Then <laughs> I said, what, is he a, is he like a biker? <laughs> he has tattoos. <laughs> I look like a lumberjack, man. <laughs> but um, the 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 Blue Rose is actually from um, well, it's, it's one of my favorite shows now. I, I'd never heard of it. Well, I'd, I'd heard of it, but I just never gotten around to watching it. And it's from Twin Peaks. Um, you ever heard of Twin Peaks, David yes, David yes, Lynch? Yes. Yeah, man. Um, it's like a sort of major focal point of that show. The um, the Blue Rose does not exist in nature. Um, but I originally had a lot more, like a far more elaborate design intended for the for the right side of my neck involving the blue rose. But it it, it just it wasn't fitting on my neck, so I just simplified it. Mm-hmm. Just got a blue rose. It's nice and it's, it's nice and, and colourful. People seem to like it, but I, I've got that sort of little hidden meaning for it. So <laughs> that's what it's for. Twin Peaks, man. Very cool, man. And, and, and the music influences because you explained the first oh, yeah. band. What was the second uh, one? Yeah, man. Uh, Boards of Canada number one, but um, especially down, uh, especially just the way that I play synthesizers, the way I play keys, um, uh, LCD sound system, um, and more importantly, Nancy Wang, the synthesizer player from LCD sound system. Nancy, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, at Memrix, we could have a very happy life together. Love me. That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) Shout out to Nancy. But yeah. Yep. (laughs) 
and the S Dwarfs, how did you, uh, what, what music influenced your music? Yeah. Uh, in my youth, I usually heard like trance, house or techno and other Ooh. electronic music. And I played a lot of computer games too. Uh, I believe that is where my fascination for synthwave is coming from, actually. And uh, I also like uh, movie soundtracks. Uh, this, in fact, means uh, classical orchestral music, but also some electronic music, uh, like these uh, soundtracks from The Matrix or Password Swordfish, which is what I try to integrate in my music as well. Yeah, shit. And like Cliff uh, Martinez, like that did done the uh, like the Drive soundtrack and stuff like that. Like that guy is an amazing composer. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Hitcher. That is a fantastic film and the soundtrack to. Could you, oh my could god! You repeat his name. <laughs> I, I just miss his name. Oh, sorry. It's probably my horrendous accent as well. Um, Cliff Martinez. Okay. He's amazing. Check him out. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then uh, I have also some other styles of music I listen to, like uh, metal, uh, especially symphonic metal, and uh, yeah, some part, some some kind of rock music. Not all rock music. Uh, actually, didn't like rock music when I was young, but I kind of get there now that I like music that I actually. <laughs> Found uh, kind of oh don't hear that uh, I don't like that and uh, now I kind of like uh, certain songs of rock music and uh, this is uh, uh, one part and the uh, uh, last thing that influences most of my music is uh, what you usually hear at medieval festivals that uh, kind of uh, medieval uh, yeah sound music sound and. In the last year, I was your best words. metal scream, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no. <laughs> uh, in the last, <laughs> uh, in the last year, I mostly worked on integrating uh, more and more uh, rock elements like uh, bass and e guitars uh, into my music, and maybe all the um, uh, big influence was dark wave. Uh, which I also like to hear in the well the last five to ten years. Um, yeah, you probably won't hear all those influences in one of my tracks, but uh, kind of try to master uh, the genres one at a time, and then I kind of want to take certain elements of them and recombine and whatever I think fits the idea of the track, then. and then I. Just recombine and take it. Those are great influences, uh, and I'm gonna have to look up a lot of that stuff because I actually didn't didn't hear of a lot of those uh, artists. So uh, I think it's amazing how all our music uh, can be created from other music that gives us ideas and feelings, and hopefully our tracks can influence other people. So for the next track, we have Heartbeat Hero with Outrun Girl. Uh, I've been creating Synthwave for the past two years and I've been able to put out an album on Bandcamp each year. And this is a track from my latest album, The Matrix of Synthwave. Here is Outrun Girl by Heartbeat Hero. Yeah. <laughs> if I could find it, there it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
gone by way quicker than I thought it would be. Let's see. <laughs> here go. Burp, burp. Uh, the Cult of Neon joined us on Instagram, and he hopped over on trip Twitch. Thanks for helping on Twitch, Cult of Neon. Nice. Um, so I lost my place. Let's look where I was. Uh, you got this, man. You got this. I got it. Sean. You got it. You've played a few live sets now. Uh, where have you played? On, uh, in your live sets uh, and how do you mix the tracks are they like separate files or is it like one long track all right okay um i've only actually played a handful of gigs um i've played glasgow a bunch of times i think i've maybe played glasgow three or four times and i've played through in edinburgh once i've actually been building up to playing live for some time just because of um, always been quite nervous i wouldn't know how to go about it mm -hmm. um and also um Man, like yeah, I've I've grew up producing music on a on a DAW, so when it comes to playing anything live, uh, I'm the most like I often call myself the uh, the world's uh, worst multi instrumentalist. I can play everything badly, <laughs> so like um, if it came to play any live instruments, Jesus, I think I would just freeze and fall over, be sick. <laughs> like, I don't know, but when it comes to playing live, um, I actually have all of my tracks. Um, bounced down into individual stems so oh, okay. you'll probably yeah you'll probably see um when like any of my live sort of performances that i've got clips out um i normally have my novation mark ii in front of me uh -huh. it's a little midi controller and it's got lots of different buttons and pads on it so they're all just linked up to the different stems so that way i can bring drums in bring them out bring my kick in bring in synths, yeah. change it and then i've also got what is, what it, what it's what would work yeah mm, yeah man um it's, it's pretty cool as well because that way you can make sort of alternate versions on the fly um because I, I never wanted to be that guy that just showed up and just played his mp3 i was like i want to actually that, do something yeah it's the issue why I never could imagine how life should could work with the music I make. Yeah, um, now I can. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good way to go about it, and also that way, like, well, I'm probably the worst when I'm playing live because I immediately just pull out some terrible dad dancing, <laughs> start moving around, <laughs> slapping buttons, thinking I'm a fucking genius. But uh, you know, I mean, th that's a good thing as well. You're not just standing there like fading tracks into another one. You can actually get involved in it, drop things out, change that. So I've I've got my novation. Mark II, um, which triggers all my samples, and then I've got, uh, it's a small boutique um, Roland JP-08, it's the reissue of the, the Roland, um, uh, the Jupiter, Jupiter 8? I think yeah, it is yeah, a Jupiter yeah, 8, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like a, a re remodel of that, um, and on that I have it basically I've got it mapped to all of the sort of VSTs or certain sounds that I want to play like um, there's a track that I've got called Away Home and there are these screeches throughout the track like these like sort of really distorted screeches and I, I don't know what it is but I really love that sound mm -hmm. so when I was playing live I wanted to have it specifically set up for that sound because I like to get carried away with it ah. <laughs> so I've got like a certain sound set up on that and then I've got everything else mapped that way I can change cut off and resonance and uh, change my LFO on those settings but normally that's just sat, uh, sat there for certain songs that I can join in on but uh, a majority of it is all done on the um, the innovation just bringing in samples dropping them out you also have uh, effects uh, 
hooked up to the to the MPC or or only uh, just samples? Uh, yeah, I've, I've normally got effects all hooked up through the through the DAW that I use. So um, I've, I've I use FL Studio on performance mode. So and that oh, I can have actually certain... exist. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just recently been brought in. Um, I, 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 don't get me wrong. Uh, at the end of the day, I think whatever uh, workstation is that you're comfortable with, that's the one to go uh, go with. Um, I've tried all of them. I tried Ableton. Um, I know it's a very powerful tool, but I personally hated it. <laughs> so I, I hate uh, Ableton too, but it's the only thing I can imagine to lose using the live show right now. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that's, that's might, might try then uh, FL Studio and the uh, show mode. Mm -hmm. um, it's so, um, like yeah, I, that's the whole reason I wanted Ableton just because of its um, its, its live possibilities, that, that, especially the way that I'm I play live or I'm triggering triggering samples. Um, Ableton just looked really good for that. Um, but as soon as I found out you could do that on FL, I was jumping back into my Fruity Loops, man. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> FL baby. <laughs> so uh, I also asked. Um, can you tell me specifically about the Moog Grandmother you have and the 1978 Korg MS-10? Because those are my favorites. <laughs> oh, man, I just recently got the, um, the the Moog Grandmother. And let me tell you something. I don't think I could love a human baby as much as I love that machine. <laughs> like, that is that is just a piece of kit I've, I've like, fantasized about the day that I have it. <laughs> and it's like every now and again, I just kind of even during this podcast, I just kind of look over at it and I'm just give it a little smile, like, "Hey, <laughs> it's actually here now. It's out of my fantasies and, it, and it's on my studio." But oh my god, what what a beautiful piece of kit! It's it's entirely monophonic, but mm -hmm. you can get a world of sounds out of there. Um, it's uh, I actually studied um, sound production in college for a number of years, and I really got into synthesis when I was there. And there's just little sort of uh, things that I'd learned about in theory that I can now put into uh, uh, and, and, and well I can make it practical pretty much like um, for example uh, the, the Moog Grandmother is advertised as having two oscillators yeah. basically meaning you've got like two voices but um, you can because it's semi-modular you can hook up the patch cables but if you crank the resonance straight up to maximum and then you hit the switch to 1v1 and turn both of the, the voices down, you actually have a third oscillator sitting there, so you can actually control it with, with, just with resonance. That alone was enough, to, the amount that I paid for it. Like, I could go on for days about this machine and just the tones, man, like that. Uh, that Moog filter, uh, oof. Yeah. Uh, if that was a drug, I would inject it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so that's the, um, the, the, uh, the effect, I'm forgetting the name of the effect. It's uh, like a spring, a spring reverb, right? Oh yeah, man, that's really cool. Um, you can turn it up if you max it out, like the wetness. You turn that up to a hundred, you can get some sort of uh, ambient tones in that. But I, I find when you're using the uh, the grandmother, if you just put just a little bit of that spring reverb on, uh, it's just a, a, a beautiful padding behind it. It doesn't sound dry and it doesn't sound totally wet. It's just, especially when you're putting it into into a mix, it, it just seems to balance itself so nicely. Like, wow, it's, uh, wow. That is so awesome, and 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 uh, the Korg, I mean that's oh, like the, um, a staple. Yeah, man, that that's that's my baby. <laughs> that is my baby. Like I, I use I, that. I man. actually used uh, I actually used uh, my friend owns an uh, Korg MS twenty, not the original, mm. but the uh, uh, rebuilt one. Yeah, man. With having MIDI, it, it seems uh, I I actually googled it right now, uh, uh, and it, 
I googled the, the MS uh, MS10 and it seems kind similar. Yeah. Do you know any difference about uh, MS10 and MS20? The MS20 is like if you were to look at it like the big brother, like the the patch bay is a lot bigger than the MS10. The MS10 is kind of limited in that uh -huh. to that extent. But um, I think it's just the fact that it, that it was limited is why I appreciate it so much because I didn't know anything about modular synthesis or patch bays and that was a good place to start. You have a yeah. yeah I, I actually when I look at, at, at that MS20 thing, uh, I, I kind of have no idea what to do with that patch bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but already that that uh, nuts to just uh, do the normal synthesis sounds uh, is kind of cool. Yeah, man, but that, that, that's the great thing, like, especially when you're working with modular or semi-modular. Um, even if you make mistakes, sometimes you just you just make these sounds and you're like, that's fantastic, that's not what I set out to do, but now you've got this sound and, and that could be a track right there. Is that a lot of times, uh, especially with my music, like, a track will just accumulate through well, around one sound. Uh, I've created something and I'm like, oh, I like that, and then before I knew it, I've, I've built something else around it. But... Um, I especially love using the the Korg just for noise sweeps and like resonance sweeps and just it's really good for sound effects just to pad out a mix. Um, I've I've used it as my sort of main synth in a few tracks, but um, I I don't sort of um, uh, it's not really my predominant one yet. Have you used the Moo Grandmother on it, one of your new tracks yet, or is um, it? <laughs> that's uh, to be announced. Um, I've actually. Uh just started uh, work on in fact actually I'll, I'll keep that one under wraps but let's just say something's coming <laughs> so you haven't That's made fair. anything yet with the moog um i've made quite a bit but it's not released just all yet right, all right and cool. um I, I may have to name drop um my my my, my favorite uh, american my boy from portland hotel pools and um, he may or may not be involved in this project as well <laughs> but We'll just leave it there. All right, all right. It's, it's time for another track. The next one is from a Canadian I found on SoundCloud with wonderful space synth sound. It was released in September of 2019. This is Mars by Polaris. Nice. Nice Mars.
planetary scientists has just issued a statement that an exploratory expedition to Mars is very likely at some time in the near future. Mars by Polaris. You're listening Woo! to the Heartbeat Hero Radio and Freeze and Fall Over joined us on Twitch and we're going to take a 10-minute break. We'll be back in a few to continue our show with S Dwarfs and Memorex Memories. That was Mars by Polaris and our next topic is the movie Joker. So last week I went to the cinemas with a friend to watch the very much talked about Joker and so no spoilers, just my movie experience and my final thoughts. Again, no spoilers. It was an unusually warm night for October but everyone ex was expecting it to be cold. It was really hot in the cinema because the air conditioning seemed to be broken. Everyone was taking off their jackets and sweaters and I, I decided to do so as well. So as I was removing my jacket, I noticed the seat next to me was empty. And uh, I was like, yeah, baby. I was getting excited to put my stuff there instead of having to put it on the floor where it could potentially get knocked over or stepped on. Of course. The preview started and still the chair was free. So I put all my stuff in. And uh, of course, a guy in a yellow bicycle jersey walks in and comes toward the empty chair. So I take my as stuff. As always. And so I take my stuff out of it, put it on the floor. He sits down and starts chatting toward me. And apparently he didn't even like superhero movies, but he had a free movie pass. So this is kind of the how he spent his time off work. So the movie starts, he opens a beer and literally five minutes later, he's knocked out. He's sleeping. <laughs> he was a very friendly guy. But he, didn't, he didn't bother me anymore during the movie, so, so I enjoyed the viewing. But uh, un unfortunately, I really didn't like the movie uh, Joker. It gave me a really bad feeling, which I don't like. But there were a lot of things I did like. The acting was very well done. The music was really good. And the setting and the time period of uh, the 70s and uh, the early 80s, I loved that. And the fact that, the, that it was R-rated, uh, I don't think there was any other way to tell that story. So uh, the people in the chat, have you seen the movie Joker? And uh, we'll look at your responses a little bit later. S-Dwarfs, have you ever had a bad or good movie experience? Well, uh, certainly. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Daniel, 
Uh, that's the kind of question nearly everyone has to answer with yes. Except for me, I've never seen any movies. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you remember the first uh, James Bond movie having Daniel Craig as the main actor? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and I, I was kind of disappointed about it because, uh, especially at the opening scene, it was kind of brutal. And uh, while it was quite realistic, I expected something there, yeah, some nice British gentleman. Who rescues the world and yeah in some more elegant way uh, but that's life <laughs> and uh, wait maybe to name some good uh, ones uh, uh, I really liked Pitch Black and all the other Riddick movies and also I liked the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, much I really this was the kind of best movie for that year it um, appeared in Ah, uh, for me, at least. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, did really well. A lot of yeah. people like that. Yeah, uh, and Interstellar and Inception as the more recent movies I actually watched in the uh, in the cinema Both because great I kind of yeah. yeah. So, so Sean, how about your best or worst uh, movie experiences? <laughs> Maybe you have also um, some nice story to tell oh, about some strange uh, visit at the cinema. Nice is maybe not the operative word I would use here, man. Your guys' stories happen to be a little more PG than the one I have lined up. <laughs> <laughs> give it, give oh, it to us. Oh, God. All right, okay. All right, we can... <laughs> well, um, being the open book that I am, I'm certainly not afraid of any kind of embarrassment that's going to come from this but i'm also a bit of a um how do we say a, a waterfall of tragedy <laughs> right <laughs> so um I, I haven't been to the cinema in i don't know how many years i think the last film that i saw there was wolf of wall street but wow. that, that, that doesn't that doesn't um venture into this tale uh, <laughs> so uh, you guys might want to get yourself prepared for this one um <laughs> right so way back in the day when i was uh um let's just say a, a, a stupid adolescent um i happened to go on a date with a young lady Ooh. right uh, this would this happened to be like one of the first dates i'd been on um, and we decided to go to the cinema to see rush hour three which was the hot movie at the time awesome <laughs> so we wanted to see rush hour three um we get in we sit down cinema's packed um, i think it was actually like the opening weekend so it, it's 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 pretty packed we sit at the back at that point i realized that this young lady may have had ulterior motives i, I happen to be going for the very cerebral plot line that is rush hour three i don't think she was there for that <laughs> anyway i won't go into too much detail where, well <laughs> it won't be too visceral but anyway the film started about 15 20 minutes in um, the young lady in question happened to be become a little hot and bothered by the looks of things <laughs> and she proceeded to mount me now I don't know if you've seen from any of my pictures but I'm not exactly a slender chap uh, <laughs> not, 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 neither, neither was she so we're both rather <laughs> um, thick juicy characters right and I don't know if you've seen a cinema seat it's um it's compact right uh -huh. <laughs> there's drinks holders on either side and I, don't, I still don't understand to this day what this young lady was thinking but she proceeds to mount me um, <laughs> um she mounted me before happened to try and undo my trousers in the process of doing that we became jammed 
and she slid down. My trousers fell to my ankles, but in the process, she dragged me down the cinema seat, creating a large amount of friction buns on my butt cheeks, <laughs> which caused me to stand up, trousers around my ankles, in front of a packed cinema, and shout out halfway through rush hour, my fucking ass! Ah! Everyone turned around. <laughs> Um, the usher comes by, spotlight on me. I'm standing there, uh, everything out to the world, and um, I, I think a little bit of me it was died. The best day. part of the movie, I uh, think. Apparently, so still to this day, I've never seen the ending of Rush Hour Three. So <laughs> I may have to revisit for for nostalgic purposes. But I have to say, that's probably the most. Um, unique uh, cinema going experience of that. Oh, that was, uh, so you yeah, actually was... are not going to yeah, see the end anytime or or do you actually have... plan to do that later in your life? <laughs> I think if I ever watch Rush Hour 3 again, I'm just going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, cool 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 story. Um <laughs> For, for <laughs> we, I asked in the chat if, if anybody else saw the Joker. Um, Cato Liv says, I haven't seen it yet, but I hear good things. And HS1986 says, Joker was a great movie, good acting, great details. And I like how it was set up to see the process of him becoming the Joker. So for the next track, um, you can find his tracks. It's from Lied. You can find his tracks on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Here's a fantastic Swedish dark punk cyber dark cyberpunk track for all you adrenaline junkies this is unrest by lied nice
That was lied with unrest. (laughs) I caught you guys talking. Back Um, into it. I posted our next topic into the chat. Uh, What was your favorite series from the 80s? Well, I love to watch the Dukes of Hazzard, Magnum P.I., and Miami Vice growing up in the 80s. Um, so to the chat, what was your favorite series from the 80s? Uh, and while the chat is answering, uh, Sean, what is your favorite series from back in the 80s? Yo, man, I've got to agree with everyone else in the chat. Night Raider, hands down. Night Raider was my shit back in the day. <laughs> Michael Knight, <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> Yo, man. No, that, that, that's it. Hands down. <laughs> I've nothing see, else to I add to that. The, Night Raider. <laughs> I see in the, ch- in the chat also Max Demet says Transformers, of course, duh. And uh, mm-hmm. I see Mask. That shit was great. I love Dino Riders, Lace, and w- the Wheeled Warriors, and Captain Power, and the Soldier of Future. And HS 1986 says Star Trek Next Generation also liked, but I only saw it in the early 90s. Oh, I probably saw Knight Rider also in the 90s. And uh, S Dwarfs, what was your favorite? Yeah, uh, I, I was born in 1980, so I was a small kid in the 80s. Uh, and I watched, uh, yeah, tragedies like uh, DuckTales or Chip and Chap, yes. Gummy Bears, Saber Rider, uh, and Alf. Um, and some friends uh, and I also like to watch Night Rider. I heard that before. <laughs> some seconds. Oh, yeah, so sure. sure. We are kind of Night Rider well. fans. <laughs> uh, and uh, also A-Team, MacGyver. Never forget MacGyver. He makes a bomb out of a, a <laughs> chewing gum. Uh, and, and he has some use for the paper for, of the chewing gum too. <laughs> uh, I, and of course, I, I like uh, Star Trek The Next Generation a lot. Uh, I still watch uh, Star Trek today. Though I, I believe uh, my favorite series from the 80s is actually Star Trek The Next Generation. Awesome. Star, Star Trek is really nice. Uh, I also see in the chat uh, DuckTales and Thundercats. I've uh, prepared another question for the chat, but first let's listen to the next track. It's a track by Cyberwalker. He's a time traveler living in cyberspace, creating memories using retro sounds from the future, adding sounds like Formula One, Storms, and Nature. He is inspired by old movies like Terminator and Blade Runner, and he loves retro sounds. Here is Test Drive by Cyberwalker. Let's go for a test drive. (laughs)
Cyberwalker with Test Drive. Nice. On Instagram, I saw Hunter Complex, Very Brave Men, and LA Street Hawk. Guys, you can go to Twitch if you want to join in later on for the after show playlist. Um, and also, I think LA Street Hawker says favorite 80s series is The Equalizer. Um, yes. I asked in the chat, what's your favorite cultural food from coming from where you live? In Holland, we love our smoked sausage called Rookworst and mashed potatoes. As dwarfs, you live in Germany, where sausage is widely celebrated snack. Where could you advise me to get the best sausage? And after that, Sean, could you tell me where to get the best English breakfast in Glasgow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good question. Well, then you... Um, you want to know which is the best sausage in country? Yes. Um, that's that's actually depending on your taste, and maybe also on the time of the day. Uh, a very traditional sausage is the Weisswurst, uh, or Bavarian real sausage, which is, as the English translation already says, uh, some. Uh, sausage com common in, in Bavaria and there you have it for breakfast and it's tradi traditionally served with a sweet mustard mm. and a true wet beer and pretzels oh, and yes. all together uh, this is called a Weisswurst Frühstück and uh, translated it's a Bavarian <laughs> real sausage breakfast so Okay, then uh, we have to go on to the next sausage. <laughs> I have several more uh, Give me some yeah. sausage, man. Okay, <laughs> then uh, we have a very famous one, which is the currywurst, uh, or curry sausage, which is originated in Berlin. It's a red sausage, which is uh, fried and then sliced and served in a red sauce, which is a bit like ketchup, but it has much more spices in them. Uh, the recipes are usually kept as a secret, and there is put some some curry powder on top of that sauce uh, and stuff. Uh, it really is is kind of the sausage is kind of uh, a byproduct of the sauce, uh, and then you put uh, uh, that the curry uh, powder on the, uh, on top, uh, and. Hence, this uh, got the name curry sausage um, because of that spice. And uh, there's also a sausage called the Wiener Würstchen, the uh, or English oh, yeah. uh, Vienna sausage. Uh, well, it, it's the same sausage that you call Frankfurter in uh, in Vienna. So the the uh, Germans eat the people from Vienna because it's shortly named. Uh, Wiener, so meaning uh, people from Vienna, <laughs> and in uh, Vienna it's called uh, a Frankfurter, which uh, means a yeah, person from Frankfurt, uh, and it's actually invented by the same guy who first lived in Frankfurt and then moved to Vienna, and uh, yeah, so so the about the name, and this is the. Mostly, most common sausage eaten at home uh, in the whole country. It's uh, served with ketchup or mustard or both of that. 
Getting a uh, breakdown on the history of sausage right up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the very uh, common sausage uh, you'll also find in the whole country is the Thüringer uh, Rostbratwurst, or in really spoken German is Thüringer Rostbratwurst. So it's something more original now. Um, and this is the type of sausage you mostly eat at barbecue sessions. And that might be kind of that uh, roast uh, worth, uh, or what, what was it called uh, you have in, uh, uh, in uh, Holland? It's Rookwurst? Yeah, Rookwurst, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it could be kind of similar. And, uh, uh, you can get all the sausages usually in the supermarket and uh, they will really be great, except for the currywurst. Never eat currywurst from the supermarket. Okay. So if you want currywurst, real currywurst, you have to go to Berlin because uh, you, you uh, never get uh, Real Kürbis with that uh, uh, correct sauce and uh, spices in the sauce are uh, except in Berlin, I guess. Uh, maybe there are some outside of Berlin that make a quite good one, but go to Berlin if you want to have a Kürbis. All right. Well, Sean, and Sean, <laughs> yeah. in five minutes, a guy's going to yeah. ring your doorbell and he's going to deliver all these sausages to your door. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, I got an eBay guy for that. <laughs> so, Sean, where where do I get where do I get the best English breakfast in Glasgow? <sighs> Dude, I'm from Glasgow in Scotland, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I think breakfast here consists of a cigarette and self-deprecation. <laughs> we 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 have no culture, man. <laughs> like, I can't compete with the history of sausage, man. Like, <laughs> we we have um, grey rain. And cigarettes. <laughs> That's about it, man. So, so, sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to look to the chat then. Uh, Max Demet says, Greek, I need them meats. And the uh, Cult of Neon says, basically peppers and stuffed with meat and rice. And Max Demet says again, no idea about Dutch food. I love my beans, potatoes, and cotelette. Uh, Kato Liv says, I'm not really much a fan of our English cuisine, though. I do love a, a full English. Uh, I really... Although I do love a full English. <laughs> uh, before you continue with Heaven's Revenge, yes, I I, I want to uh, yeah uh, uh, excuse for not uh, telling about all sausages that Germans <laughs> have. <laughs> can I now tell? Can uh, can yeah, I go sure, to Heaven's sure, Revenge? Uh, Heaven's Revenge says it come when it comes to sausages. I love the Schwarmrolde. I can't remember to read this stuff. This is a regional specialty from a region that's called the Schwalm after the so named small river over there. Thus, it just translates to red. Red from the Schwalm is a kind of minced meat with a special spicing, <laughs> slowly smoked for some time and then dried. You can have it. Soft, not much, so much dried, medium, half dried, or way hard version. This is becoming a sausage show, guys. How are you, how are you enjoying the Heartbeat Hero Radio sausage show? <laughs> Welcome to the sausage party. <laughs> this is the sausage but party. But these uh, dried uh, sausages are really good. There's a lot of, of them out there. Uh, I shouldn't have forgotten about them. Okay. You're tuned in to 105. <laughs> sausage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on, 
the <laughs> sausage. <laughs> On to the next track. We have Ocillion uh, with the company Robot. Oh, wait. It's Ocillion. Uh, Ocillion is a synthwave producer from Sweden. He makes retro-inspired tracks often based on sci-fi cinema. Here is the company of robots by Ocillion. There are three basic types, Mr. Pizer. The wills, the won'ts, and the can'ts. The wills accomplish everything, the won'ts oppose everything, and the can'ts won't try anything. Well, do us all a favor, Vincent, and try to be a can't, especially where that monster's <laughs> concerned. We need you, not another corkscrew. Hey, hey, hey. Look at that.
was Ocillion with In the Company of Robots. Woo! All right, some chat outs to Instagram, the Euro Theater, and KJS Luxliner. Thank you for joining us. And on Twitch, it's still the same people. Um, let's start with. Oh, yeah, wait. I used to use a meditation app called Headspace. It really helps me out to balance myself. And uh, I'm very grateful for my family, friends, and that I was able to talk to you two guys tonight. So let's start with S-Dwarfs. What do you do to recharge yourself and what are you grateful for? Oh my God, that question is hard. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, grateful for a long list of very important things. As, uh, yeah, uh, you already mentioned uh, my nice family, uh, but also some small things that uh, just small things in life uh, as all these different kinds of sausages available <laughs> in the supermarket. <laughs> um, yeah, just kidding. Why would not? Why not? Uh, I'm grateful for that too. Um, yeah, how, how I recharge myself? Maybe just sleeping. Um, I think. If I had a bad day and uh, I don't feel that well, I just need to go to sleep. This actually works for me. It doesn't work for everyone, but uh, the next day I feel better. And uh, you, Sean, what do you do to recharge yourself and what are you grateful for? <sighs> grateful? Uh, everything, man. Absolutely everything. Um, I, I used to be a very anxious and depressed young man for most of my life. And um, over the past two to three years, I've pursued uh, uh, a path of personal growth and just wanting to better myself as a person. So, I mean, just little things like taking time out to stop and smell the roses, being thankful for your the friends and close family you've got, all those things stick out. Speaking of which, shout out to my best friend, Connie, best friend in the whole world. We've been through thick and thin. That's another thing I'm very grateful for, the friendship that I have with that woman. <laughs> so... You know what I mean? It's, it's endless. I'm a very positive cat these days. Um, to recharge, um, I don't know, man, I'm in a very good space. So thankfully, I've, I've not really had to do much recharging. Um, I'm just waking up and taking it day to day. You know what I mean? One day at a time. Plug. Awesome, man. <laughs> Th thanks for that 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 intimate kind of uh, answer. Um, for the last track, of course, we have a track by Heartbeat Hero. This track is currently doing very well on Spotify and SoundCloud. And make sure you go online later to check this track again. This is Trinity by Heartbeat Hero.
Damn. <laughs> that was Trinity by Heartbeat Hero, and that was the last track for tonight. So, um, uh, Daniel, yeah. I have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what was the name of that album you uh, put it on? The Matrix of Synthwave. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, Sean, tell the people where they can find your music. Oof, everywhere, man. Absolutely everywhere. I've got myself out there. You can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. Uh, where else, man? Like wherever music is sold, you know. What I mean, I'm on the Apple Store. I've got good distribution. You can find me just about everywhere. Um, I'm normally affiliated with a indie label by the name of Stratford CT, and mm -hmm. they put out a lot of my physical releases. Um, I think we're actually going to be doing a repressing of my um, my last album because it sold out so quickly. So we're hopefully going to be getting a repressing of that out soon on cassette and vinyl. Mm -hmm. um, and as well as that, I've, I released my EP. It was a while ago um, through another indie label called Midwest Collective, Fantastic People. That's out in cassette. And I think we might be doing another run of those as well, but I'm available just about everywhere. Cool. And do you have any live shows uh, planned? Uh, what are your plans for the future? Uh, yeah, bud. I've got um, a show coming up on the 29th of November um, in Edinburgh. Um, I've completely blanked on the name of the venue, but if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, I'll be plastering that shit um, everywhere leading up to it. And I've just got word that I'm also going to be playing in uh, Glasgow on the 6th of December in a place that I've never actually been into. Um, I think it's called um, Rost. I, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. It's right near the Gallery of the Modern Art. Um, you should be able to find it that way. So I'm super psyched to play there. Um, as far as the future, I don't really have much else to say, man. I've got some music coming out, but I would like to give a good shout-out to my people while I have this platform. Do it, So do I want to give a shout-out to one of my best friends, um, my man, Dr. Coco McElvenny. He knows who he is if he's listening. Um, my other big friend, the big Viking, big Connor. Uh, without you guys and the backing that I had, uh, I, I doubt I'd still be running strong today. And uh, finally, just from a favorite American girl, um, Amanda from Wisconsin. And um, she keeps me going with positive messages and reinforcement. And I mean, that aside, thanks to absolutely everyone. Like, I cannot tell you just how mesmerizing this year has been for me. Like, I went from, I think, 13,000 plays in a year to now I'm approaching the half million. Wow, I, I honestly can't believe it. Amazing. Like, uh, uh, I wake up every day and, and it's still a, still a shock, man. Like all your messages, all your comments, everything that you've been giving me. Thank you so much, man. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs> well, thank you, Sean, for coming on the show. I hope you can come back another time. And after the show, we're going to do a little uh, request show. I hope you can stick on for that. Cool, man. Hundred percent. Yeah, that, I'll, I'll come back, man. If you have me. <laughs> awesome, Esdwars. Where can people find your music? Yeah, as you can find me on SoundCloud as Dwarfs. Just uh, use uh, that search for that name S D W A R F S for because it's so difficult that name. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, have a look for Stwarts Music. And I will be, will be glad to have you as my followers. So just follow me and uh, have a look at my tracks there. Thank you. Thank you, S Dwarfs, uh, to my co-host, S Dwarfs, for coming on the show, and I also hope you can join us again. Yeah, uh, cool. Thank you also to all the artists that let me play their tracks, and thank you to you amazing people on Instagram and on Twitch. 
Um, it's amazing to have you here. It's just like a really fun community thing that we're doing here. And thanks to people that listen, like, and share the show on SoundCloud. And you can find more Heartbeat Hero on Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Have a great night, everybody. Woo!